Does the idea of networking make you cringe? Have you been to those alternative medicine, alternative healing, networking groups, and then every corner you turn, somebody has a solution to fix your problem? It's so cringy. What if we could do this a different way? What if we could network without having an agenda? What if networking was just about forming relationships with people that could be your friend, your ally, your partner, just somebody cool to have an awesome conversation with, and then business just happens naturally? Well, for all you healers who would like that, tune into this conversation with Laura DeFranco. She is the CEO of Brave Healer Productions, and she's got a new book coming out that you want to know about. Join us to find out more. Soul Nectar Show. The Soul Nectar Show. You're invited, delighted to discover who you are. Anything is possible if you believe. To join us on this beautiful journey. Soul Nectar Show. Soul Nectar Show. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Nectar Show, that show where we talk about all things essence, and we gather around the campfire like our ancestors before us, and we share stories of connection and that which is greater than us, and all of our mystical moments, and there's amazing things that happen, and we collaborate together for the benefit of all. And you know, I'm really inspired today about this return to sacred return to sacred economy, return to the gifting, return to the understanding that life is returning to us all the time tenfold when we just give from our hearts and we go, oh my gosh, you should talk to this person. Oh my gosh, you would love this person. And how that creates such goodwill, it creates such inspiration and that synchronistic engine, you know, and when we pay attention to that, I'm reminded of the Celestine prophecy I read years ago. And even like recently, I read it again about how when we're really paying attention, this, the synchronicity engine is lighting up for us. Go talk to this person, go over here, talk to this, go this way instead of that way. And then when we're really paying attention and we're doing it, a miracle things happen. And we're here at this time when a lot of people have lost hope and faith and they don't believe that they're being guided or they they just see darkness. They're just experiencing the heaviness and the darkness of the human experience. And many of us that are here to be healers at this time, we're here to light the way. And we're like these lighthouses placed all over the earth. And I feel like there's like this giant Hogwarts sorting hat that's in motion right now that's directing people over here, try this hat on, see if you like this house of Slytherin. Oh no, go over here. You might like Gryffindor better. Oh no, go over here. And it's like, where do you want to be? Where? Who do you want to you know, open the door for you? And we're all ready to open the door. All of us, we've, we've been doing our work. We're ready. And so we're here to have that conversation today. And I'm so excited to have Laura DeFranco on the show. Welcome, Laura. Thank you. <laughs> Not Slytherin. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm more Gryffindor. <laughs> but you know, but Slytherin is valid, you know, Slytherin is a house. I'm so glad you're here, Laura, for this conversation. I feel like I couldn't have a better conversation about this with anybody else. Laura is the CEO of Brave Healer Productions. It's an award-winning publisher for holistic health and wellness professionals. 
And she herself spent 30 years in holistic physical therapy. She's a third degree black belt in Taekwondo and has authored 13 books. Her company has published over 70 Amazon bestselling books with global community of over a thousand authors who are waking the world up to what's possible for healing one brave word at a time. And it's called bravehealer.com is her, is her website. So we're going to be talking today about this conversation and connections and community, this Hogwarts sorting hat, and how can we work together as healers to funnel people where they, you know, where they feel best, you know, what, who do they want to open their door for them and get out of the scarcity mindset, right. And get into the flow and the collaboration of this project at a higher level. So I know that that's where we're going, but tell us, Laura, like, how did you even come up with any of this? Like, where is this coming from? I know it comes from spirit, but tell us a little bit about you and your journey. So we know you, and then we can dive into this conversation deeper. Well, thank you. Thanks so much for having me and for really being willing to have these kinds of conversations. This is what's going to change things. And I so appreciate it. I knew I wanted to help people really, really early on. And I thought I was going to be like a sports medicine doctor. Okay. So I was an athlete and way back in high school, there was a physical therapist that came to talk to the school. We could sign up for like a lunchtime career center thing. And I remember watching her and listening to her, how excited she was for physical therapy and everything she was doing. And honestly, that was the day I made the decision. I went and volunteered. I went and did my undergrad in pre-physical therapy, my grad school work in physical therapy, graduated, boom. Like I'm one of those people who knew very, very young what I wanted to do, the path, And here I am today. And if you say, oh, Laura, what do you do? I'm going to be like, I'm a publisher. And for me to even to be able to say that to you is like, I look back at that 16-year-old and every single crazy alien thing that has happened to me between then and now. And I'm like, whoa, universe, thank you for giving me that career so that I could help people communicate in a way that really others get what we do as a holistic and alternative practitioners. It ex- this topic excites me. I love what I do. I love it more than anything I've ever done now, which is, again, pretty crazy to say because I loved what I did as a PT. That's beautiful. I love that how the universe is always guiding us, right? And sometimes we think that's not very, I don't know why I'm doing this particular thing. I just know I'm supposed to. And you do it and you're like, <laughs> I saw so you rail against it. And then, oh yeah, this is totally useful. And there's those moments where you might get assigned to do something that seems crazy given your current context. But then as you do it, the rightness of it sets in. It's like, oh yeah, this is exactly right. And it feels like you've had that journey. So what is your mission? Let's talk about that. What's your mission with your publishing company? I always joke with people that I have like three or four missions, right? But if you want the tagline, I want to wake the world up to what's possible for healing. And I could even just shorten that for you and say, I want to wake the world up to what's possible. I want to shift mindsets. I want to give you hope. Like maybe you think certain things and when I can shift someone's perspective so that they know what they think If you think it's right, it's right. If you think it's wrong, it's wrong. What is the Henry Ford quote? I can't remember now, but that's part of the mission. I have a humongous burning second mission to support the business behind our authors, our healers. 
So I want to help the world live an amazing life, right? I want to help our healer business owners get their magical words and work out into the world in a big, big way, because that's how we wake the world up to what's possible, right? And the ripple for me is really big and really real at this point with these books and the way we're helping get the messages out. And you are doing it for me right now. You're helping me get some of these words out to a bigger audience, right? I love doing that for other people. Yeah. And as a healer, I would say one of the major hurdles to move through is the fact that we live in a society that is capitalistic and commoditizes everything and also values and prioritizes things usually up until now different than what the skills and services that healers are offering. So up until now, the prioritization has been on material wealth, right? Like material stuff, houses, vacations, cars, watches, anything that gives a sense of status and havingness, you know, to the people who are having it. And that model is coming to a close. And anybody who's been on the healing path knows that's true. You know, we know that we're having a big reset and that a lot of people are going to be experiencing that reset in their own lives that we have already experienced becoming healers. You know, when you become a healer, you automatically experience that reset. It's like, nope, it's not about that. It's about something bigger. It's about our souls. It's about the journey to soul. And it's about resetting the sacred economy, resetting things to be, you know, more of a gift. And when, when everyone's gifting, then everyone's also receiving and it's not the haves and have nots. It's a, you know, it's more of a communal thing that's happening rather than an individual lone wolf. I've got to like defend my territory and help my family and, you know, kill the monsters and, you know, (laughs) steal their bounty. So I have more, you know, like that's a whole you know, we're not playing Monopoly anymore, right? But some people are still playing it. So we have a world where a lot of people are still playing Monopoly, but we know Monopoly is no longer the game. So how do we help each other during this transition to do what we now know is correct and also still survive in this monopolistic society? You know, I don't know if you have any thoughts about that, but it feels like this community stuff is up your alley is, is part of the solution. Yeah. I mean, the community means everything to me. It's been the difference between success and failure. How I feel that in my life is just getting to play in the sandbox with a community every day that gets this. And again, is willing to have these kinds of conversations, but you made me think of something I wanted to back up to, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have been on the journey of you were taught and told what you should want that should make you happy. And you go over after all of it. And I was at a point in my life where I'm like looking at all the stuff and going, why do I still not feel happy? Like I did, I checked all the boxes and then that's that wake up moment where you're like, okay, I checked all the boxes that everyone else said I should want. And have I even spent, and this is well into my thirties, you know, much later as an adult, I was asking myself the question, have I ever, ever given myself a chance to ask (laughs) my heart and soul what it wants to like, just sit in that stillness and feel what brings me joy? Was it the house, the husband, the kids, the, my kids, I love you kids. I'm so glad I had my two kiddos, but like, you know, looking at all of that and checking boxes is not the way to go. And I I wonder how many people have even honored their own selves by asking what brings you joy. So 
when I started to feel that I made big, big changes and, you know, you're talking about like what society shows us should make us happy. I'm like, no, no, no. You know, I made job changes. I asked for a divorce. I did a lot of big things and that was all terrifying, (laughs) but coming to the other side of it now with playing in this community that is practicing together. They're reaching out their hands to each other. They're like, come on, let's do this together and I will help you. And I want to get to know you. And that's where the second part of this thought was for me is like, if you want to help someone, you need to get to know them. If you want to network in a really healthy, amazing, effective way, you have to start asking great questions of your friends and partners and business people. You have to genuinely want to get to know them because that takes time, energy, and effort to have conversations with people and get to know them and really see how you can help them and even ask the question, how can I help you? How do you want to be helped? Because we think we know. Oh, I I know what to do to help you. I'm going to go do this thing. And it's not anywhere near what that person really needs or wants, right? And then even being brave enough to say it, what you want to somebody else. Here's how you can really help me. So we could go down this road of a million ways here with this conversation, but those are a couple of things I was thinking when you said that. Yeah, no, I love that you brought that in. I've been studying Sacred Economy is a book by Charles Eisenstein. It's a really great book. And it talks about sacred economy is the shift from transaction to trust. Now, this shift is so key for me. Because I remember being a new healer, like being called to be a healer. Like I know I'm supposed to be a healer full-time, not like a part-time healer, like I have a job. And, you know, so some people can do that. No, I was like told, no, you're full-time. And I was like, I'm going from a high-tech salary, working at home, consultant to like, what? And I'm (laughs) working... I don't even know how to work with people like what? And I'm going to work directly with people. My whole income is based on somebody's decision to work on themselves. Are you kidding? Like (laughs) people don't want to work on themselves usually, you know, like, so now my whole income is based on helping people decide to work on themselves. Oh my gosh. Are you kidding? I mean, I used to have companies pay me, right? I was in the corporate model. They paid me a nice salary. I did some work for them. I got paid. I like, you know, and now I'm like, the whole model is different. I got to open my heart. <laughs> I got to show up. And I remember like knowing the path in my heart, but then it's so hard to walk it because I've got two kids at home. I've got to pay the, the mortgage. I, I have to make sure there's food on the table. And their mom is like this crazy healer now. And they're like, why did you abandon that great job, mom? Like now we can't have Nintendo or whatever, you know, like I want the new PS5 and I'm like, I can't, you know, like, like I'm barely making it and economically, cause I'm called into this shift. And I remember going to networking meetings, having a sense of urgency, like I have to pay my mortgage. So somehow I've got to convince some people to do some work and I'm coming in with an agenda. And that is transactional thinking. That's transactional. And so everybody can feel when you're hunting for them. Like, you know, everybody can feel my big Jaguar, you know, going, oh, sniffing, like, is there an opportunity over here? Is there an opportunity over here? Like, where can I get my needs met? And that's exactly what we're reconditioning right now. Like actually that scarcity mindset. And, you know, and it's like, it's not about that. It's like what you said, it's about relational. It's getting to know people without agenda, just simply showing up where you're called to be. Like the Celestine prophecy, like I'm called to go here and showing up and being curious. 
why am I here? What gold nugget is here in this space for me to receive? And it might be a lesson. It might be an ally. It might be a message. It could be so many things, but not pre-deciding like what that meeting's for. And I know I'm not the only one that's been in that boat, like with this shift, because I know a lot of moms have been called to be healers during this time. I know a lot of people, you know, have been called into like to this scary territory of breaking free of capitalism and transactional thinking and into like this trust. How do we do this, Laura? Like this is so, (laughs) ah, so precious. You know, it's so real. I was writing down a couple things as you were talking. There's, you know, people don't want to work on themselves, you said. And why? Because we were taught not to feel, first of all. And so working on yourself requires you to go into some places where you're going to have to feel a couple of things. However, the reward is immense because you can also feel bliss and joy like you've never felt before if you're willing to go into the other end of the spectrum, right? And so part of my journey has been to give myself permission to feel everything and walk that walk and explore in there. And people are so afraid they're going to get stuck in the pit, never be able to get out of that horrible feeling. And I'm here to say, you'll always come out of it. You'll always move on, you know, shift and move to the other side of it. So that's one thing I wrote down. But the other thing about scarcity mindset, wow, this is easier said than done, isn't it? And you're just in a pattern of showing up with an agenda. Of course you are because you're trying to survive. How do we do it? It's such a great question. I think that we healers are actually so awesome at the foundational principles of awesome networking. We just don't know we are because I think the foundational principles have to do with taking responsibility for our own energy and mindset. We practice this. We're good at this already. Right. And I think it has to do with genuinely wanting to help people. Y'all are already doing that every day. You're awesome at this. You're so much more mo better at networking than you think you are. You just have to take those things that you're already doing and then check your own self. Like if you just said it, right? You you show up with an agenda. Well, my practice is to know if I'm showing up with an agenda, like to go take a breath, take a half a breath and be like, oh, here it is again. I came to this meeting and I'm hoping for a sale, a new client or whatever. Okay. I better, you know what? I'm just going to take those three deep breaths and shift that right this second. That's how we do it. How we do it is our awareness practice. It's a boring answer. It's the same answer for all the things. We got to cut it out in the moment as fast as we can. And that's mastery. It's why it's a lifelong practice. We get better and better at doing it faster. Like, oh, look at me. I need, I really need a sale this month to pay my mortgage. Ugh. That's so hard to shift out of that because it's real. But Especially when your kiddos there. are involved. It's like, oh, exactly. no. Because now you got the whole baggage of my being a bad mom for like following my soul's purpose. Oh, no. you know. And then my ex was like, what the heck are you doing? You know, like you have <laughs> lost your mind. And I'm like, I just following my heart to the next step. Like, I just know this is for me. And facing all these fears is the path. And I feel like as healers, like especially deep, dark shadow work healers, which is are so needed right now on the planet, like 
because we're the ones holding space for all the stuff people are about to purge. So they're, they're so clinging to it right now. Like, you know, like they're just like the last scraping nail on the chalkboard. Like, uh, no, my reality can't go away. It is going away because there's something better coming. And that's the thing. And we're all to bring in the something better coming. We wouldn't all be here doing all of this beautiful shadow work and, and healing ourselves and coming to so much love inside. If it wasn't meant to be shared with like literally everyone, there's no way all of us would be on this planet if it wasn't meant to be shared. And there's no way all these, you know, in, indigenous prophecies would exist about the rainbow children coming back to the planet and healing everything if it wasn't true. <laughs> so it is true and we are doing it and we just have to remind ourselves, right? Like we're on the same team because another one of the things, Laura, between women, right, is competition. That's another one of the conditioning things that we've been conditioned to fight for the man or to fight for the job or to fight for each other for the thing. But actually, it works better when we work together. When we actually are like the sacred hoop of our ancestors, <laughs> things just fly off the shelves towards us, right? It's just like, here you go, bam. You know, when one woman advocates for another woman, oh my goodness, the magic that happens because especially if it's a trusted friend and you say, you need to go see, you know, Laura, cause she's, you know, or like you referred me to your friend, Ginny. And it's like, you need to go talk to Ginny and Ginny already trusts me because you said yes. And she's a trustworthy person and so are you. And you guys know each other because you have all your little spidey senses activated right? because <laughs> you're healers. And then you're telling somebody else, well, they're going to believe you. So this is all about trust. It's about cultivating the integrity to be trustworthy and then using our discernment, like who is another trustworthy person who engages, who is relational to pass another trusted client to, to for their evolution, right? This is how we work together. I think it's much better than competing over resources. That word discernment is such a badass power word of awareness. I have moved to discernment over and over again in the way that I talk about awareness. Because if I can figure out that feeling of fear inside of me, it is really purpose-driven fear. It has more excitement attached to it than the, I'm in a dark alley and I need to get my butt out of there, you know, type of fear. The problem is they feel so much the same inside of our body, that feeling of fear. But this purpose-driven kind and being able to discern is really an amazing thing. I, I, I love this topic. So I kind of got hooked up when you, you had me at discernment. But yes, that's why we're here. And there are some strategy and skill. There's skills to build in terms of getting to know each other. Collaboration versus competition every time. And it still comes up for me. It's like, ooh, I, I see you powerful woman publisher over there, like, oh, okay, am I going to get into that kind of energy and go, oh, well, I'm not going to, no, that's, a, that's where I stop myself. I have to pause it right in the moment of me, even thinking two words about that and be like, no, wait, you tell people about collaboration. Well, what do you need to get to know about that woman? And where would the collaborations be? I get to curiosity and discernment. I'm telling you. This power couple, discernment, curiosity, all those things of in awareness. I love that you just said that. It's reminding me when I wrote the book, The Second Wave, and I was telling it and I did my part, but I was told that Jennifer Huff had some pieces to put into it. And I was like, but she does what I do. <laughs> yeah. But she's further along than I am. But she's, she's called, she's 
paid speaker. I don't want her. Everyone's going to follow her instead of me. No, I don't want to invite her. And I remember I was right in the middle of that little temper tantrum and (laughs) at a conference where she was at, right, where I could have easily asked her. And my my good friend, Teresa, who knows us both, I shared with her. Luckily, I shared with her what I was thinking. And she looked at me. She says, you stop it right now. And I was like, (laughs) and she said, you are blocking your prosperity. She is a sister friend. She will say yes to you if you ask her and you don't try to compete with her. She will support you to the nines. And I was like, really? She would support me? And so I actually went and asked her and she's like, of course, you're my unicorn people. I was put a chapter in your book. You're getting me off my butt because I need to write a book and I haven't written one yet. So this will get my, my toe in the water. So thank you for the opportunity. And I was like, I can't believe that just worked out. You know? And that book's <laughs> been on the charts like without any advertising for 230 weeks now or some crazy thing. So I mean, like that worked. So it it works, Laura. Like when we work together, magic is created. Yeah. And I laugh at myself when I get into the old habit of the scarcity mindset, because I think about, of course, this is sounds corny because we talk about it a lot, but the, the billions of people on the planet there's no way I could have all of them anyway. Like all, all it is, is just this tiny portion that will be this abundant flow that I can barely handle. So I just keep reminding myself of that. There is that much abundance and we pinch the hose off when we do that. I love your, um, your temper tantrum, uh, there. I love how the way that you, you showed that what's the word acted it out. Like, yeah, you do a good temper tantrum. Feels like mine a little bit. I have good access to my two-year-old. <laughs> yes, you do. You do. And it's, you know, we need to have more fun and play more and be a, our little kid more. And I'm tired of everything has to be so serious all the time. I'm, I'm really wanting to have a lot more fun, which is great fun energy. You know, Laura, I, I want to disclose to you that in my Gene Keys chart, and everybody, you guys watching, I know you know, G-E-N-E-K-E-Y-S.com. I love Richard Rudd and his work. I use it in my intermedicine training stuff. But in my chart, in the culture, the culture is the key that determines your prosperity. And at the shadow frequency, whatever's at the shadow frequency in your culture, if you're in that energy, it blocks all your prosperity. And if you're in the gift, it brings it in. So my shadow is seriousness, like... I have been so serious and the world is serious. And I felt like I had to match that seriousness in order to be in this world. And then I, I finally have realized I'm actually here to be the light. So why am I in the shadows and hiding my light? I'm here to be delighted. So then the question is, how can I be delighted with how serious it all is? And how terrible and tragic. And so, yeah, that like we're here to be the light. So that is the challenge. I will be delight in a world that is seriously tragic. I will be light. I will be delight. You know, delight. The light. In the middle of the seriousness. And I love that you're saying that because you're also opening to it. It's like, yeah, why are we being serious? Why are we matching that frequency? Because we don't need to. I had a call this morning from a family member who was right deep in it after watching the news again. And I ditched my TV and cable almost nine years ago now. And so I really was in this this morning. It's funny that we're talking about this because I was like, ooh, and in my head, I'm like, am I allowed to be delight? Am I allowed to 
have fun right now? Am I allowed to just be my normal, joyous, bubbly self when she's got such a serious conversation going with me right now, right? And I don't know how we do that with our friends and family who are all in the seriousness of it and they're really in there, deep, stuck, and also feeling obligated to be there. The amount of guilt that people feel when they actually be the light in the middle of the tragedy, right? There's this stuff that pushes us back down again. I feel that I'm fighting against all the time. Yeah, that's really accurate. And I think it's crabs in a bucket. You know, I mean, the whole <laughs> thing with crabs in a bucket is you put a bunch of crabs in a bucket. One crab's going to figure out how to climb above the, all the other crabs and try to get out, right? And the moment that crab is just about to get out of the bucket, another one yanks its claw and pulls it back down, you know? So, yeah, it's like everybody keeps each other in this low vibrational energy. And that is the ego, really, like resisting the change, resisting the illumination of consciousness, which is always so interesting to me because on the other side of all that seriousness and all that shadow is the light. And the light is so like enriching. It's so beautiful. It's so fulfilling. It's all the things that our us healers got into the practice of healing for because we started feeling good. You know, we started like you do healing work, you feel good. When you give a healing to somebody else, you feel good. And it feels great for me to do a healing. Like the energy flows through me just like the other person. And I'm like, woohoo. And so when I don't have people booking healings, because I need to rest or whatever, because I'm such a healing junkie, honestly, <laughs> I will like, oh, I'm not in a healing right now. And then I'm being reminded I can do it anytime for myself, right? <laughs> like I don't have to wait for another person. I can, I can do it. But a lot of us are called to be in service. I don't think we're in service when we hold the same energy that the people we're here to help are having. Like that's the energy we're moving out of. We're not here to stay in seriousness and shadows. We're here to be the light. And yeah, it takes courage. And the thing is, Laura, it's like embracing the shadow, right? Because we have the capacity to embrace the seriousness with the energy of delight. So what would that even look like for you? Like if you did that, I've been asking myself, so I'm asking you, I want to know what your answer is because I've been asking myself, but what if, and everybody else, please answer this question and put it in the chat. What would it be like to embrace seriousness with delight? How could you accomplish that? Like what mental little channel would you need to go through to allow yourself? Like what reason, what excuse, what story could you write that allows you to be delight in the middle of seriousness? Such a good question. Such a good question. And you and I are in such a, a same page here. I think that the idea isn't to feel elated all your time, 100% of the time. The idea, though, for me and my journey has been the knowing that when I'm experiencing an up or a down wave, it's always a moving wave and it doesn't mean anything. I'm making it mean something. Mm. And so that mindset, that mindset mastery, that ability to ride the waves and be okay with however it is you're feeling. Because I think we, you know, as healers, we get a bad rap because people say, oh, you know, you're, you're just going to not feel that feeling. No, you're going to feel it fully and you're going to get really good at feeling everything. And we do, I do not tell people don't feel that. Don't go to the bad stuff. Fix the bad stuff. It's not about fixing the bad stuff. So I don't know. You're getting me excited about that because you, <laughs> you said something to make me, make me think about that. But I 
the reason I feel so good is because I can ride the waves now. And that's it. I can feel really, really serious and dark, but I can be okay right in there. And maybe that's the answer to the question. I'm not drowning in it anymore. I'm still taking deep, juicy pelvic bowl breaths, even when I'm feeling that dark place, that serious. Yeah. You're letting the light into the seriousness. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, that is the whole point of these Eastern philosophies, right? Is like you embrace the entire spectrum. As light workers, we don't just stay in the upper, because that's disingenuous to just be like, I only live in ecstasy. Right. That's not true. And so when we bring the ecstasy down to the seriousness, we're in the full spectrum. But if you just stay in the upper, then that's like inauthentic and it's flippant and it's just it's like honestly disconnected from what's happening, right? So, I mean, I cried the other day. I had a good cry about what's going on in the Holy Land. I just deep sobbed, grieved. And I asked the question again, how can I bring delight to this? And the answer for me that came up after my grief passed was, it's opening your heart, Carrie. I was like, oh. That is actually true. I my heart is more open with compassion after feeling that grief for what people are going through with little children and mothers and fathers. I my heart is open. It's more open than it was before because I care what's going on. And then I'm delighted that I spoke to it. I put a post out that people might be mad at. And I was like, I don't care. I'm a mother. <laughs> I'm a mother and I feel this and I need to speak to it. That was part of our conversation this morning too. And it, it came up, same thing to speak. Oh, you know, your heart opens, but then speak, speak it out loud, bring the words and your compassion and all of the things don't keep it silent. And the more people that open their heart and then speak, the more we're going to realize we're not alone there. And that energy gets bigger and bigger. And it's that collective field, that collective field of caring. That then is like the balm for this uncaringness. I feel like it's the ocean that meets the ocean of caring as we grow the caring field. It like meets, you know, this uncaring nugget and goes, hey, wake up, wake up. <laughs> this this yeah. means you need to see this. That's the hardest part though, I think. And that's what us healers do is we we look at ourselves, right? It starts with ourselves and then in communities. So This is also how networking, because we're having a networking. This is an example, you guys, like podcasts are networking. That's what it is. And this is an example. So we're having this conversation. Laura said something that illuminated me. I said something that illuminated Laura. Now we're both illuminated and we both have a common understanding now of some key pieces. So like this is connection. This is community. And I'm not asking for anything from Laura and she's not asking for anything from me except my presence. We're just simply being in presence together. Yeah, it's fabulous. I think if people could understand that as a key to it all, it would change things really much bigger in a bigger way than you think. Everyone's so afraid of networking because they're thinking about it being like a sales conversation. And it's just so, it can be so the opposite of that. And it can lead to so many wonderful things that you weren't even thinking about before. Forget about selling your stuff. What if you met a new best friend? What if you had a business partner and 
you dreamed up a brand new thing together that neither of you had thought of before you met. So I love to go in again, curiosity, right? I love to go into conversations with a what if sort of attitude. It's fun. (laughs) Yeah. And also keep in mind as healers, like we know as healers, the power of our word. So yeah. when we have these conversations, I've said this for years, because I there's been times in Soul Nectar Show over the seven years I've done it that I felt like no one was listening. Like there's been times where I'm like, nobody's really listening to what I'm saying. And I'll have these, I'll just do the podcast anyway. Because I said to myself, I am creating new earth with this conversation. I am, even if no one physically listened to it, it is in the consciousness because we had it and we spoke it and we recorded it and we put it on YouTube and iTunes and everything. So it is already out there and it's in the consciousness and is permeating. Even if nobody like physically put it in their earbuds and turned it on, it doesn't matter. It's still working. And so I, you know, it's about influence. We have influence when we have these conversations. And so why wouldn't you as a healer want to have these kind of conversations with more healers and create you know what we want, like our desires of peace and love and harmony and prosperity for all in that conversation, right, Laura? Like that is the reason why you want to have all these networking things with other healers. That is exactly right. And I think it's, you do curate your inner circle and that's really important because a lot of people will come up in networking efforts and they will meet people and it doesn't go that way. And so you just have to remember that you get to choose. (laughs) and what you just said is so important. So if you just let a conversation go on, that isn't that. So we have to sort of take responsibility for shutting that down when we're in the middle of it and we realize, oh, this is quite the opposite of what I want to put out in the world. Like gossip or something like that. Exactly, or venting or negativity or, you know, you're speaking and creating as you speak. You're creating that vibration. You just you know, you said it. So I, I don't know. I mean, I didn't always get it. It took me a long time to get it. I love getting it now. I'm going to do the best I can now that I get it. Right. Do, their, do your best. That's a fourth mm-hmm. agreement. That's it. You know, just <laughs> do your best. And that's always ever expected of us is keep learning, growing and do your best. Yeah. And I love that we can come together. You know, I, I was talking with your friend, Ginny the other day and about networking groups. And I was saying about how I, for a little while, I led IEW um, in Austin. And anyway, it was a great experience, except that the energetics that they have is not aligned with what I was trying to create. So I was like this little rogue element inside their organization, you know, creating a special carry hummingbird brand, you know, <laughs> inside of their energetics that didn't exactly match because that's not how they're thinking at the time. But I wanted to create this situation where people just started being relational, like just leave your business cards at home. Like seriously, don't come with my pitch. Don't come here with a, with a, an agenda. Just come like, I want to see what happens next. Or I want to meet some cool people. I want to establish some relationships. I want to see where the synergy is. I might meet my next business partner at this event, but I don't know what's going to happen. I just want to find out. And if you stay open, 
so much more magic had happened. And I was trying to explain that. And the women were just so attached to their business cards, and like, you know, like, like pitching, you know, and trying to like, I've got the solution to fix your problem. So like kind of listening to see what's wrong with you so they can like see how their thing fixes your thing. And I was doing it too. That's how I spotted it. You know, and I was like, I don't want to do that anymore. It's so icky. <laughs> I don't want it to be like that. I want it to be like, you know, different. And so I had to leave all these networking organizations I was part of because it didn't work. You know, that wasn't what I wanted. What I really wanted was just make some new friends. That's it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Thanks for shouting out, Ginny. Ginny Robertson, thank you for everything you've done for me. I love you, girl. She's believed in me before I believed in me. And she was one of those people who called me out on some of my, my coolness, right. And made me just look at myself in the mirror and see what there was there. And I love everything that she is about. And she's been doing it a, a minute more than us. Like 30 years or something. Uh-huh. I think a really long time. <laughs> she's going to be on the show, by the way, you guys. So look at uh, yeah, episode coming yeah. up. You'll find out all about it, but yeah, she's very inspiring. She's definitely a first waiver and, you know, charting the course for us to follow as second wave. So it's really really beautiful. Yeah. And she inspired you to be, yeah, with these same things we've been talking about. So you have a new book coming out, Laura, called uh, Networking for Healers, Conversations, Connections, and Community. And we've been touching on a lot of those areas. Is there anything that we didn't touch on that is another like, kind of like get this book because I talk about this important thing? Because for me, I know I needed the skills and the scripts, I needed a place to start some ideas of how these conversations could could start and could continue. And so you're going to want to get the book because it's great. You know, networking for healers, I could have easily called it networking for beginners because it's really just giving you some of the skills and the strategy and the... Um, you know, I went to school once upon a time to become a physical therapist. Nobody taught me networking, business building, business strat, nothing. I had to, that was all self-taught. So I'm really excited to be able to write this book and tell you all that this building better relationships, authentic, amazing relationships with other people in the world is how my business became an empire. It's how the ripple went out into the world in way bigger ways I ever thought could, I could do. So yeah, get the book. Yeah, 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 get it. So yeah, we'll, we'll definitely give you guys a link when we have it. And there's also a free gift. It's called the Brave Healer Resources Vault. Did you want to say anything about what's in this vault that they can access for free? Yeah, please. I, you know, I put all kinds of amazing things in there for my healer entrepreneurs and you're wanting to write and build your business and maybe publish and do all the things. Think about your ideal clients, build your email list, you know, some basic business things. And I put everything in this resources vault for you. Master classes, workshops, it's a little overwhelming. So enjoy. Awesome. So I'll put the link in the show notes, you guys. So definitely go check that out. Is there any last thing you want to share before we wrap? I think the message for me to all of you is that fear of not good enough that you might be feeling. It's kind of boring. This isn't about you. This is about the life you can change or even maybe save if you would be brave enough to share your words out loud with the world. And so time to be brave, y'all. 
time to be brave. This is the 11th hour. So it's time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, please share this episode out. If you resonated with it, share it with your other healer friends. You can always ask if they're open to receive something you found really illuminating and then it will pave the way for the yes. And if it's a no, that's a no, it's fine. But just ask, you know, might want to check and make sure they're open to it first. So it's not a, uh, hey, I, you need to hear this. <laughs> that's that thing I don't like. So, you know, get permission first before you dump it in their lap. Um, but share it out, you know, because I think this wisdom is really important at this time. And it's really important for us healers to come together and network and support each other and have each other's backs because it is Hogwarts sorting hat. And it might not be my person. And if I know that you're out there and you do something similar, I might go, you know what? I think you'll like this other person that's a friend of mine better. You know, if you're like really not vibing with my energy, you like this person better. And then I know that that'll come back around. So we're all here for a purpose, which means we have people that need us. So yeah, I just, uh, I look forward to us all working together. And so like, share, subscribe, YouTube, iTunes, all the places. Join Soul Nectar Tribe if you like. We're on Telegram uh, and we have Daily Wisdom going out. My, my husband and I run it, Akeem and I. And Daily Wisdom goes out on that. And we're talking about the fifth agreement right now. So it's a really powerful book. And if you want to be part of that, um, go to my website, carriehummingbird.com, K-E-R-R-I, hummingbird.com forward slash membership. That's what it is. Membership. So, all right, you guys, I'm going to give you kisses. Really, to join me, Laura, give kisses to everybody. Here they come. We love you. Mm. Yay. Thanks for being with us all the way to the end. And we'll see you next time on Soul Nectar Show. Bye for now. If you found even one gold nugget in this episode of Soul Nectar Show, will you do us a favor? Will you subscribe, like, and share this episode? Maybe even write a comment and let us know what you thought about it. We really, really want to engage with you at a much deeper level. Let's be part of community together. Have a great week, everyone. Bye for now. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, visit soulnectar.show.